0: Two guys, two topics, two opinions. You talk, give me two. This is the split story of the day on ninety-seven five, twelve eighty, the zone and the Zone Sports Network. You know, at the end of the day, you know we have games that we really need. You know, going into the into the break, we have. Um, a back-to-back coming up after the breaks. So my mind is really focused on that. And, you know, like I said, it's bigger than just one all-star. You know, we got to be able to make it past the second round. I haven't been able to do that. Um, so we got to be ready and stay locked in.
1: And, honestly, we don't want to wait to the final week uh, for a third consecutive year to figure out who we're going to play and how it's going to be. So we got to take care of every opportunity we can. All right, that was Donovan Mitchell. A shoot-around today. Uh, The Jazz take on the Miami Heat tonight, the last game before the All-Star break. Tip-off is at 7, pregame is at 6. Locke is going to be on the show at the top of the 4 o'clock hour. Tim Lacombe will be on the show at the top of the 5 o'clock hour, so we'll obviously talk a lot of Jazz basketball. But this is a a tricky game before the break, uh, Gordon, and we'll see if both teams show up. This should be a really evenly matched game, just like it was in Miami. But these games are funny because are both teams going to show up? Who shows up more, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I think it was Tony on Tony and Austin today who made, uh, a, you know, kind of an interesting point. A lot of these Miami Heat players, and actually some jazz players for that matter, are probably flying out of Salt Lake City to go wherever they're going I mean it's not you're not taking the charter back with the team it's the last day of school you're taking Air Fiji to Fiji (laughs) or wherever you're going I mean it it is and we've seen it go both ways before I guess is my point as Uh long as you've been covering the league Gordon I know we've both seen performances from the Jazz Mm -hmm. going into All-Star break where you just go whoo Boy, that wasn't good. And then we've seen the other way around too. You just don't know. We've even seen that kind of
0: performance out of certain players many years ago, uh, at near the end of the playoffs.
1: Uh, and, and who was it, Darren that, Williams? Yeah, that's uh, right. Made it
0: clear that certain guys had been visiting their their uh, travel agent.
1: Didn't he? Didn't he cough AK into his hand? <laughs> AK. I, I don't think he did that. But everybody narrowed stuff down pretty quick. He uh, said they already had their their uh, travel arrangements yeah. made because it was game. It was against the Spurs, and wasn't it game four? Wasn't the team didn't they get swept out of the Western Conference Finals that you year? Or did know, they for, win one? They for,
0: won one. It's funny that I forget all the details, but I do remember the Darren Williams saying that, and we all were speculating about who he was talking about. But really, in a game like this one tonight, you have two teams, both are high quality teams. And so in my opinion, it will come down to who is more focused, who is going to drive straight on through the last obstacle before you have time off. That is the determining factor. And it tells me if the Jazz win this game. They have an advantage, obviously, playing at home. But that will be impressive to us, Jake, because it will signify that very thing. That, they, yeah, they have two guys who are going to be involved in the All-Star game, but are they going to power through right to the end? And it, it, I think it's important for them to do so. Do you? I do. I, because it's setting a tone for the last, uh, what, 28? How many games are there left? This will be the 54th game, right? Right. So, what, what 28 games? Is my math. Don't do math on the air?
1: Yeah, why are you making me do math on the air? Carry on. Uh, I think I'm not that, doing I it. I think it's 28. I'm not bailing you out. Uh, so, uh,
0: you know, uh, it'll set the tone, and they'll have lots to think about in a positive vibe. If they win this, finishing off with, uh, consecutive, well, what, four straight victories after, after their skid. So, that's why I think it's important for them.
1: Um, and the race in the West is so tight. I think it's important because of that That point is the, the most important point. I think you can make a strong argument that, that if they lose tonight, it would actually be a good thing to go into All-Star break and keep your edge because you've got that bad taste in your mouth. I, I mean, but I don't, they, I don't know had, if it matters see, really one way or jink. another.
0: They know what that tastes like and they want nothing to do with it again. Yeah,
1: but I guess I'm saying it doesn't matter. I'm just saying you can make that argument the same way you can make the argument, boy, going into confidence, uh, going with confidence into the all-star break is important. I just don't know really if it matters one way or another just with specifically tonight's game. In fact, I'd argue that game one back from the all-star break is much more important. Because if the Jazz were really struggling going into the break, we'd be talking about how, boy, they could really use this break to get things right and come back with their head on straight. I mean, I just don't know if it matters. I think what does matter is exactly what you said right there. The West is going to be. We, we saw it last year. We saw it the year before. These one-off games. They make a difference because if you lose this one tonight to Miami where you're barely favored, you've got to pick up a game somewhere down the line that you're not necessarily supposed to win because the wiggle room is going to be basically non-existent. But this is why I'm saying
0: what I'm saying is, and I'll repeat part of it, is that uh, they they know what that bad taste is. That five-game skid was difficult for that team. And so they already have had the fear of God put into them. They already know what they don't want to be. And so I think I would err on the side of confidence rather than anger or disappointment heading into this break because I don't think they're going to get all fat-headed during the break. I, I don't because they already know that there's a thin line between victory and defeat. Uh, that's just my thought. You can look at it either way, I suppose.
1: I just don't think it matters that much. I really don't. That's it. And I think you're wrong. Well, that's fine. Ain't no good guys. Ain't no bad guys. And I think Naz would back me on that. No, I doubt it. Does she always agree with you? In public? On the radio?
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm talking about heart to heart. Of course not.
1: But well, that's, that's not realistic. in front of the hundreds of thousands of uh, Zone listeners, what, now, what, is what, it? What does Naz care about that? Because uh, she likes to support her spouse. Like getting <laughs> oh,
0: Man, I'm telling you. That's a, that's a foreign language to me. Uh, I, I, I almost always get it straight.
1: Which you're selling extra hard because she's happening to be agreeing with you at this current moment in time. Yeah, I got it. Well,
0: I'm, I'm just saying that's the way it is uh, either way. According to you. Yeah.
1: Gordon, let's talk a little college football for a moment because uh, people are bent out of shape about the pac 12 uh, some people are sounding the alarm. I don't know if that's really necessary. But Mel Tucker is leaving Colorado after just one year, and he's taking the head coaching job at Michigan State. And I want to get your thoughts initially, Gordon, because I, I want to look at it from a different angle than I've kind of been hearing most people go. But I, I want to get your initial reaction. And does, this make the, does this make the conference look bad? What it, I mean, what are your thoughts?
0: Well, uh, it's interesting to have a coach who goes 5-7 and in one season get that kind of offer, isn't it? So in a way, it's a compliment that a coach from the Pac-12 made that kind of impact. But here's where it gets troublesome, I think, for fans of the Pac-12 is the amount of money that can be paid by schools from other conferences. Blows, and the money away in the Pac-12 is, is pretty good compared to what your average citizen is out there uh, slaving away, working at. Uh, but uh, uh, still, it doesn't compare with uh, some what's available in the Big Ten and the SEC. So I think there is sort of, it's not completely uh, hitting the nail on the head in this particular case, but the Pac-12 is a secondary league. I think that uh,
1: that is the message that a lot of people are receiving. Do you disagree with that? Not in, not entirely, because there there is a, a money discrepancy. You know, John Wilner was on with Hanson Scotty earlier today from the San Jose Mercury News, and he talked about over the length of the rest of the Pac-12 media deal, Utah will get 140 million dollars less than a school in the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. So that exists. You can't you can't deny that, and that has effects. On programs, can't deny that. Right. I got it. I, I'm with you. However, I don't necessarily think that this is the example of them falling behind. Couple why of, not? A couple of reasons. Um, one, Colorado and, and a lot of Pac 12 teams are this way because they're terrible with money. What are they doing paying their coach $2.6 million to begin with? They should be able to afford more than that, and they should be able to hire better than that. Remember when Mark Few blasted the WCC because these schools were just cashing checks and not investing in their right. programs? Uh-huh. He was legit in that criticism. Now this is a totally different scale, mind you, because we're talking about, you know, a P5 football team. But come on, Colorado, invest in your program. You know, Utah is finding a, a figuring out a way to pay wit four million bucks. Stanford's figuring out a way to pay its coach $4.1 million. Lord knows what USC is playing, uh, paying Clay Hilton. Figure it out. And the other thing is, how bad of a job is Michigan State that they have to beg Mel Tucker to take that gig? <laughs> That's part of the problem here is Michigan State, nobody wanted the job, including Mel Tucker, when they offered it to him the first time over the weekend. Uh, you know, what's his name of uh, – Finkel, who am I thinking? Uh, uh, who stayed at Cincinnati? Who didn't want the job? Either. Uh, Fickle, Finkel, thinking. Fickle, Finkel. He's Ventura here. He'd rather stay at Cincinnati than take the Michigan State job because they've got probably have sanctions coming. Their leadership is just a mess after that uh, doctor scandal. Even Tom Izzo is filling the pinch at Michigan State. It's a terrible job that they had to beg Mel Tucker to take. And listen he had a nice recruiting class but he was okay last year i'm sure colorado thought to themselves well we can pony up the dough to keep this guy but we're not really sure he's the guy anyway well I'm, so
0: uh, yeah yeah but, but but to back up uh, it, it, when schools are making so much more money it is easier for them to pay their coaches more Okay. It is
1: easier, Jake, and it, that's undeniable. But right? is that the reason why Mel Tucker is at Michigan State? I, I, don't I, I know. think there's. That's why I'm saying. Yeah, I, don't I know do, if this I do is, think it's money. I, I don't know mo- if this is the example to sound the alarm, though. Oh, but I think money is why he's leaving. But
0: if, who, if, if the if the uh, if the salary had been the same, if the contract had been the exact same
1: as what it is at Colorado, I'm not sure he goes. But here's here's my point: is who cares that he win. And let me tell you if if Urban Meyer were at Colorado making 2.6 million dollars and Michigan State came in and offered him 5.5 you can't tell me that Colorado State wouldn't have found the money to pay Urban Meyer Because you know what they found 10 million bucks to fire Jason McIntyre so you can't tell me that they wouldn't find if they thought that they had a guy I don't care how much less the Pac-12 is making if they had a guy they would have found the money to keep him but they, they saw the ludicrous price tag that Michigan State was ponying up for a guy with one average year of head coaching experience and said, knock your head
0: Well, I'm not saying that all of these things line up to, as evidence that the Pac-12 is, is in arrears here. But I've, the fact that, uh, that uh, uh, Mike Leach left to go to Mississippi State uh, and the fact that Peterson left Washington, there is this, okay, I, I, there might be a difference between the actual reality and the perception, but the perception exists that the Pac-12 is a secondary conference.
1: And, I, and I, I'm not going to argue with that per se. And that goes that's from the top. Real, because, that's not
0: really my point. But, but yeah. I know. I understand what you're saying. You're, 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 it's a nuanced discussion. But the, with all the other things that have gone on with the Pac-12, and some of the difficulties they've had competing in the major sports, I, I, I think it's, 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 it's a real thing. And when coaches like this leave, then it exacerbates that or underscores it at least, even if it's
1: not all due to that one thing. Well, Pete retired, so I don't think that's a money thing. And Leach got more from Mississippi State, but that also, I mean, you're talking about the arguably worst job in the league, and he goes and takes an SEC job. So, I mean, I think there's a little bit more to it than that plus. But, but you say
0: an SEC job, but, that, that, that's, but that's it right, right there. An SEC but, job is better
1: than a job in the Pac-12 but, in a lot of cases. But Mississippi State's also a better job than Indiana. Uh, in which the and, Big Ten and, and, and the SEC are financial equals almost. And it may depend. But, see, that's where I think the salary comes into play. But Indiana can pay just as much as Mississippi State can, and you'd still rather have the Mississippi State job. So I get what you're saying, but let's not pretend that it's just the Pac-12. We're talking about the who are the bottom two, three programs in the Pac-12, the equivalent of Indiana, Rutgers, and who else you want to throw in from the, from the Big Ten? Well, Northwestern? Sure. So who are the bottom three of the Pac-12? They probably line up pretty well with those bottom three. Oregon State, Washington State, and Arizona? Is Washington State really that bad? From a circumstance standpoint, yeah. Leech, not, for, not from a results standpoint. Leach way overachieved at Washington State, which is what he does because he overachieved at Texas Tech, and I'd bet on him overachieving at Mississippi State. But he likes to go where places where the expectations are super low. So no matter what he does, he can go like, hey, I'm killing it. I mean, that's that's basically his career arc right there. And he probably, and I've I've heard a little bit of this, but he probably wore out his welcome at Washington State, too. There so, could, could have been some of that. So all of these things play into these types of stuff, not just, well, good Lord, the Pac-12 is a secondary conference. Well, it I is, mean, though,
0: based on all the evidence we have in front of us, not just because of this.
1: Um do you dispute that? No, not necessarily well I mean I guess it depends on exactly what we're talking about. I, I mean, mean we're, we're could, not talking about the... we're not
0: talking about guys who are in poverty here. The no, fact you that can make people the... are making two point six million or three million versus six million somewhere else. They're still making good money, but they're not making as much.
1: There's no there's no sabin in the Pac twelve. Well, there's no Alabama program in the Pac-12. The closest thing to it is USC, and yes, they are grossly underperforming and anybody with half a brain should be able to succeed at USC but they haven't found anybody with half a brain in quite some time. And
0: that's so, another thing the recruiting class that SC pulled in this last year
1: was relatively speaking abysmal. Because that's everybody assumed their coach was going to be fired and he should have been for that reason. But <laughs> I mean again is that have is that because the Pac-12 is a secondary conference or is that because of these other circumstances which affect it negatively?
0: Well I think it's a combination of things but the fact the perception of the Pac-12
1: is they can't even keep those kids in LA anymore they're going all over the place what is the reason I mean is it because the pac 12s TV deal isn't as lucrative as others or is it that the folks in the SEC footprint care a hell of a lot more about college football than folks living in LA and that has nothing to do with money
0: well but it has to do with uh, look at the results
1: what do you mean look at the Uh, the results the
0: results speak and they speak loudly and the results is there for the best programs in the SEC. And the results are there for other conferences. The Pac-12 right now is lagging behind, Jake. And I think the difference in our perspectives on this is that you're saying that these this happening today is not solely due to that. And I, I agree with that. But I think this is one more thing in a stack of things that are pointing the finger at that
1: conclusion. And I, I mean the index finger let's see you know uh i'm trying to pick a good example of this give me um let's say our boy trevor riley uh you know he's he's doing a little coaching up there at utah and i'm just picking trevor because we're uh he's friends of the show and he's a he's a good dude and wouldn't mind being used in an example Uh, we hope not let let's say somebody came in and said um uh, let's say it's ruckers and ruckers comes in and says hey trevor we're a, we're a program. We're going to get sanctions. We may not win a football game in the next decade. And, uh, but we're in the Big Ten, and we're going to offer you $8 million a year to leave your Utah program. All right? I'm speaking in extremes here for a reason. He's gone. So Trevor goes to Utah and says, hey, this is what I've got. Now, Utah probably looks at Trevor and says, man, we love you. you know, But you're not worth $8 million. So go have a nice day. Could we blame Colorado if Mel Tucker came into the room and said, hey, they're going to give me $5.5 million, regardless of what Colorado's budget is, and they looked at him and they said, you're not worth $5.5 million. Is that the conference's fault? Maybe. Because Colorado doesn't think he's, isn't convinced he's the guy enough to really go to the mat for him? I can't blame him for doing that. I guess it depends on your
0: attitude toward the individual involved. But, Bingo. But That's fact, true. That's but the true. fact that those... Programs can afford to pay that kind of stuff does come into play in cases where a coach may be highly valued and doesn't want to be quote unquote underpaid any longer. They would have found the money if they. I don't him. know. They about would that. have found it. I'm not sure. Utah's
1: found it. Stanford's found it. Is, Oregon's
0: found it repeatedly. Is Kyle Whittingham making the money that some of the coaches in the SEC are making?
1: Four million bucks puts Kyle in the top part well, 3. of three point seven. Division. After bonuses last year, I bet he cleared four. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not his accountant. I'm not either.
0: But but if he had done what he did at Utah at a team, uh, which I pick a team in the SEC,
1: he'd be making more than he is here. He'd have a ton more advantages than he does here, too. All right. Well. So, but, so but, is, but is it, it's is all it the part salary? Of the same, it's all part of the same equation, I think. Well, we could talk ourselves in circles on this, I yeah. suppose. All right, we'll get to more next. What do you think? Tweet at us, at Jake Scott's Zone, at Gordon Monson. We're live here at Jimmy's Flowers. Come see us. Uh, we're in uh, Bountiful. We're at their newest location although I don't know if we can call it brand spanking new anymore because it's been here for a minute. This is our second trip out here. Uh, So come by and see us, uh, 470 Main Street in Bountiful. It's basically on the corner of 5th and Main, very easy to find. You can check them out online, jimmysflowers.com. They have locations in Layton and Ogden as well, so there's one close to you. Get ready for Valentine's Day. And if you drop by and see us, pick up some jazz gear. We have jazz gear for you. And, of course, say hello to Gordon, who's uh, decked out in his Harvard Crimson today. Yes, I am. You are. You're looking snappy.